Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, you know, today we are wrapping up a five-week series examining five questions to help us um, make better decisions. And um, at, the, at the end of this talk, uh, we're going to receive communion together. So I'm especially sharing that for, um, for those who are watching online. You can get your bread and juice, which reminds me, I need my communion. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you want to pass that, that up to me, that would be awesome. Thank you. And um, <clears throat> But before we get started, I want to take some time to acknowledge something that has impacted everyone over this last week, and that is the, the horrific discovery of the 215 bodies of children buried at a residential school in Kamloops, BC. Like you, I was horrified to hear this. And we've already been disgusted by the history of our country regarding uh, the use of such schools and how they tore families apart and abused children. This just took that disgust to the next level and left us shocked, ashamed, and remorseful. And if your heart is as broken as mine is, um, then let that brokenness be filled with understanding. I've read the reports of how the residential school experience has made a painful impact that has gone to at least three generations. And for that, we need to show a lot of compassion and understanding. And I, I don't know exactly what all uh, we will do in the coming days or the coming years ahead to, to help heal the wound, but I will say that Celebration Church is committed to supporting action in some way that can help make a difference. And with that, I, I just want to invite us to bow our heads for a word of prayer over this before we get into the word here today. Lord, we do pray for the Native families who are suffering still today because of how they were treated by our government. We pray for those who are especially in pain right now, realizing how extended family members may have died as children. And may, Father, there be reconciliation and, most importantly, healing. And I pray as well that you would guide us as a church to do our part to make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Every decision that we make in life becomes a permanent part of our personal story. And with that in mind, the question becomes, what story do you want to tell? What story do you want to tell others about, about you? What story do you want others to tell about you? What story do you want to pass on to your grandchildren? Um, you know, and the good news is this, you get to, to decide the story. You get to choose the story. Now, why don't we always consider story? Well, the primary reason that we don't think in terms of story is this, is that decisions are now, and the story comes later, and it can feel like much later. 
Uh, honestly, when I was in my 20s, probably the last thing in my mind was that one day I'll be in my 60s and there'll be a whole bunch of short people around me called my grandchildren and that I'll be telling stories to. I mean, I was busy enough during that season of life taking care of my own children, let alone thinking about that kind of future. But that's just the way it is. Story is later, decision is now. And so the question is this, what story do you want to tell? You know, your story is a series of outcomes connected to a series of decisions. Our private decisions don't remain private. Our personal decisions impact other persons. What story do you want to tell? Every decision you make becomes a permanent part of your story, and every decision has a particular outcome to it. Whatever that outcome is, it is still part of your story of your life. And so, for instance, uh, you may have the how I met my wife or how I met my husband story. Well, inside of that story is uh, the previous people that you dated and why you decided they weren't somebody you wanted to spend your entire life with. Um, you have your own career path story. You, you have a story that might include going to university, going to college, getting an apprenticeship. Maybe your story is taking over the family business. Uh, maybe even you have a story where you studied in one field and you ended up working in a completely different field in an unrelated business. Maybe you have an entrepreneurial story where you just set off to start something new and what it became. Maybe you have a story that's like this story. I heard this story uh, out of the University of Waterloo where somebody prior to graduation dropped out started a business, and then hired students from what would have been his graduating class. I think that's an awesome story, don't you? You know, maybe you have a story about being raised in a godly family that encouraged um, the right kind of decision-making in your life, and, and you're just thankful that your life is the story that is influenced by that family and so many great decisions that you've made in life. But maybe your story isn't like that. Maybe your story doesn't connect that way. Maybe your story, in fact, includes a group of the wrong people that you were around with for a season of your life and, and, and how they shaped your life. Hopefully, you have some really great stories, but you could have a story that is about things like forgiveness, something that you went through that you had to forgive. You could have a story about not just making choices, but making better choices. You could have a story about facing adversity and how you went through that. You could have stories about opportunities that you embraced and accomplishments that you made in life. Hopefully, you have stories about adventures that you've taken in life and, and obstacles that you had to overcome. Isn't it uh, often that the best stories in our life include something difficult with a great outcome that, that happened to it? You know, hopefully, you already have a story about hearing the gospel and making a decision to follow Jesus a decision that created a whole new trajectory to your life. And that's part of your story. And while you're making these decisions, no matter what the decisions are, you are writing the story of your life. But the question that you might have in mind is this. What about the decisions that were made for me, not by me? What about those decisions? What about the parts of my life where I kind of felt 
like a victim. I felt like things were just sort of handed over to me in a certain way. What about the parts of my story where there was, there was loss, there was pain, there was, there was trauma, and it wasn't because of me, but it's still part of my story. Well, we're going to talk about that. You see, you don't always get to control how the story starts, but you can choose the ending. You can choose your ending. There are parts of your story where you didn't get to decide because somebody else or something else happened and it decided for you. And so maybe your story includes a divorce, a layoff, health challenges, uh, moving and relocating your family, uh, economic impact, those kinds of things. Listen, everybody has uh, you know, parts of their life where someone or something else made a decision. However, we can choose how we process and how we respond to what happened. That's the part of the story that actually will carry the most weight, by the way. It's not going to be what happened to you. It's your response that will actually carry the most weight in your story. That's the part that others will remember about you, what you did about it, not just what happened to you, but what you chose to do about it. You don't get to choose everything that happens to you, uh, and you don't always get to choose, choose you know, the circumstances that you're in, but you always get to choose your response to it. You always get to choose that. And your response to bad things that happen in your life is the most important part of your story about that situation. Well, I brought some cards with me here today. Um, I hope this doesn't offend anybody. Um, I brought some cards with me today. But cards are great because they're a great uh, example of things in life. Like when we play cards, you know, we usually just shuffle that deck. This is a really clean one because it's, it's brand new. It's just me and the Holy Spirit playing cards up here. Um, of course, that's not fair. Holy Spirit knows what's in my hand. But what happens when we play cards like this is, is we shuffle them out, we get them out, and it's a great analogy of life because what happens in a card game is this. You pick up the cards, you look at them, and then you realize, I have to play the hand that was dealt. I don't get to go back in here and, you know, make some trades, you know what I'm saying? I don't get, well, I'd like to go flip through there and pick a few out. I have to play the hand that was dealt. I didn't choose how it was dealt. I didn't have influence in what cards would be in here, but the cards that I got are the cards that I have to play. And so that's how the game goes. That's how cards go. But as in any card game, you have to play the hand that is dealt. And how you play the hand that is dealt usually determines the outcome of the game. Funny thing about this is that you can be dealt a bad hand and then, and then you can do this. And I've seen people do it. Ever seen people do this? You're playing cards with them. They pick up their hand and then they go, oh, 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 I can't, oh. You go first. And they just have this look of disgust. And it's on their face for the entire round. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, okay, here we go. You know, throw that one down, see what happens. I'll play this one. And, and they're like that. Do you know there's people like that in life? They pick up the hand that was dealt with them, 
And then they spend their whole life complaining about their hand. Spend their whole life whining about what, what took place. And, and so, you know, you can be that way when it comes to what gets dealt. And so then what happens is this is like, well, it wasn't my fault. This was the hand I was dealt. And they spend their whole life complaining about it. Well, I got this card, so, you know, I became a negative person because, after all, look at the card they gave me. You know, I got this card. <clears throat> that's why I'm a Debbie Downer or a Davy Downer. You know, I, I, I got this card... And so I just never got over it when that was dealt to me. That was terrible. I, I got this dealt to me, and I, I just made sure that everybody around me just knew how bad of a card that was dealt to me in my life. I got this card, and so when people ask me, why is he like that? I just show them my card. I just show them what I got dealt with, and so they understand this is why I'm like that. And, and so their story is all about things like limitation, a, a story of unhappiness, you know, a story of a life that's just a reaction uh, to things that have taken place instead of taking action in spite of what took place. But how you play the hand that is dealt to you becomes your story. The hand can be bad, but the story can end good. It can. A job loss can actually turn into a whole new career path. A, a, a marriage meltdown can become the turnaround to a hot relationship. Parenting challenges that didn't turn, that maybe instead of turning into we don't talk to any, each other anymore, actually turn into we're closer than ever financial losses that become recovered and then surpassed and things like this. It doesn't have to be a bad story just because you got a bad hand. However, it can be a bad hand followed by bad decisions. And that job loss can become the start of a lifelong drinking habit. And dealing with your low self-image and rejection can become a life of a porn addiction, and a business gone bad can be a life that did nothing about it and suffered a bankruptcy that took them down. Perhaps in some area of life right now, it's not a really good story. Maybe in some area of life right now, you're looking at your hand and going, man, I can't believe what life just dealt me. I can't believe what life just dealt me. I never would have thought that would have happened. In fact, it might be very bad. It might be very, very bad. But the story doesn't have to end there. It can be redeemed. And guess what? You can be redeemed as well. You know, the stories in the Bible that reflect this, I think of Job. Job is a story of tragedy. Uh, he loses his business, he loses his family, he loses, he loses everything, his wife dies, everything. And by the end of his story, it's recovered and even doubled. And in the midst of it all, Job makes this declaration about God. He says, my redeemer lives. In other words, he, he didn't decide, oh, life dealt me a bad hand. Let's just go around complaining and talking about how terrible the boils were and uh, how I miss you know, the old business. All the No, no, he looked to God. And in the midst of that, he experienced God restoring him and turning his life around. And his declaration became, my Redeemer lives. That was how he responded to tragedy, seeking God, looking for his help. Then I think of the story of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz, and it's a story of loss. It's a story also of, 
of commitment that got honored and, and of a life that got redeemed because here we have Ruth who's lost her husband, Naomi that's lost her husband and two sons, and yet Ruth, the daughter-in-law, stays with Naomi, ends up marrying Boaz, has a child, and Naomi is now restored into a, a, a position of being a grandmother, something she thought was lost for life. I'll never have the joy of being a grandmother. That got restored to her. And the child's name was Obed, who became the father of Jesse, who became the father of David, who became King David, all part of the lineage of Jesus, all because the Redeemer lives, and he turned the story around for Ruth and Naomi. I think of Joseph, who made decisions that created an honorable story about his life. Even though he got dealt a bad hand, I mean, he got dealt horrible hand, horrible hand. He became a, a victimized by his own family, sold into slavery, betrayed by his brothers. He, he's living literally in secret, out of sight from his family. Nobody knows where he is. Uh, yet he carries himself with this posture on his life that though my family doesn't know where I am, God's eyes are always on me. God's eyes are always on me. And when Potiphar's wife was seducing him and pressuring him to have sex with her, he responds this way, Genesis chapter 39 and verse eight. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look with me here. My master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put me in charge of all that he owns. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you. Because you are his wife, how then could I do this great evil and sin against God? And as the story goes, he, he literally ran from her, um, and... and um, of course, being accused of rape, he ends up back in prison. Um, but, but the story does turn out to a great end, uh, ending because he ends up being in a place of power and leadership. But here's what my point, and that is this. Joseph, at this point, literally has the opportunity for two stories in his life. Two stories. One story could have been this. I got hired into a high-level position. I got extended a whole bunch of trust and opportunity but I took advantage of that trust when I slept with my boss's wife. Or the story that goes like this. I got hired into a high-level position. I got extended a lot of trust. And when the boss's wife started coming on to me, I decided in no way that I wanted to dishonor him or God with my actions, so I ran. You see, Joseph decided not to have a story of betrayal and adultery as part of his story. Now, what truth do we learn from Joseph? It's this one. You always have the power to decide your story. You do. What story do I want to tell about Jesus? What story do you want to tell about Jesus? Do you want to tell a story where you went to church all your life, you believed in Jesus, you celebrated Christmas and Easter, you were a religious, passive spectator? 
That's not my story. At least that's not the one I want to tell. That's not the story that impacts your life either. You should have a salvation story. You should have a life transformation story. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. I was lost, and now I'm found. I was far from God, but he reached me, and I responded with a repentant heart. Something was missing from my life, but after I said yes to Jesus, that all changed. This is the story that God wants to put in your life. It's the story of what God did for you. And all you had to do, and all you have to do if you haven't done it yet, is to say yes to Jesus, to surrender to him. All you do is take an act of faith to invite Christ into your life, to ask God for a real and vibrant relationship with him. But because you do that, you get to have a Jesus story about your life. You get to have a story of salvation. You get a story of redemption. You get a story of transformation. You get a story of, of healing. You get a story of blessing. You get a story of God's peace, of God's grace, and of God's joy filling your life. You get a story about your experience with the goodness of God in your life. Psalms 103 verse 2 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits, who pardons your guilt, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with favor and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. That's called a Jesus story. That's the story God wants to put in your life. That's the story that should come out of surrendering and following him. All you did was make one significant choice that says, I will follow Jesus. And now you get a story of God's blessing and his work in your life. This is your what God did for me story. This is the story about how you are living your best life now. Forgiven, joyful, at peace, healed, free from bitterness, free from jealousy, free from strife, living with a clear conscience. However, here's my question. Are you only living your best life or are you doing your best with the life that you're living? I want you to think about that. Are you only living your best life or are you doing your best with the life that you're living? Thank you. I told you the Holy Spirit was up here. What story do you want to tell about making a difference? What story do you want to tell about making a difference? The first part of your God story is how Jesus impacted your life on a personal level. And we just read that Psalm that just talked about all those personal blessings and how he's made a difference in your life. But even though that is all attributed to Jesus, you could still miss the point and live a life that is still focused about building my kingdom instead of building his kingdom. You could be living your best life and become the person who's like getting the most out of life for you, you know, going after your bucket list as they talk about, putting, putting yourself first, 
making life all about you, focused on your time, your talent, and your treasure, and it's still all about building your kingdom, not his kingdom. When Jesus comes into your life, it's about making a difference, not just living different. What is the story that you want to tell about your part in his kingdom? Oh, that's good preaching right there. Because it's true. You got to have a story about your part in his kingdom. It's not enough just to have a salvation story. You need to have a story about what you did with your salvation. You need to have a story about what difference that salvation made in your life that caused you to say, I want to be a kingdom person. I want to contribute to the kingdom. I want to make a difference with the gospel. I want to know my part in this thing so that I can hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. What is the story that you want to tell about making a difference in the lives of others with the gospel? What is the story that you want to tell about serving the Lord with your life? What is the story that you want to tell about seeking the Lord and following the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life? What is the story you want to tell about following Jesus, not just a story about believing in Jesus? You have a story about your personal life change, but then there's a choice to be made afterwards in light of that change. And it's the choice to live a kingdom-centered life. You get to have a story about how God worked in your life but you're also meant to have a story about how God worked through your life. You need to have a story about steps of faith that you took, where you, you took God's word and you trusted God's word and, and you stepped out and did something because you just felt like this is what you need to do and, and you trusted God to come through with the results. You took steps of faith, just like Abraham left his home to go to a place. The Bible says he didn't know where he was going. He was just waiting for the Lord to show him as he started walking. You need to have a story about steps of faith inspired by the Holy Spirit in your life. You can have a story about generosity. Mm -hmm. Where you, you, you talk about cancel culture. Why don't we cancel selfishness and materialism while we're at it? That's what needs to get canceled. And you can have a story where you were... I'm not just doing the basics of tithing, but I found ways to be generous over and above and to make a difference. Let me tell you something. You are sitting in a building because people have a story about generosity. Come on. You can have a story about compassion towards others. A story where you reached out and made a difference in somebody else's life and their life is different because you showed them the love of God in a practical way. You can have a story about living as an ambassador for Jesus, a story about conversations that you've had with people throughout your life where you got to tell them your story. You got to tell them how Jesus changed your life. You can have a story that's not just about having a blessed life, but it's about being a blessing to others in life. Ephesians chapter 2.20, I love this out of the Message Bible. It says, we are his, or New American, sorry, I'm getting confused. I'm getting ahead of myself. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. 
God's got some good things for you to do. There's a destiny mapped out for your life, not just a destiny of what you believe, but it's a destiny of what you do. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Listen, you have a message to share and you have a people to reach out to. John 14, 12 says, truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. You have miracles yet to experience. In fact, I talked to someone just before the service telling me about a miracle that took place in their life in just the last two days, a miracle of healing. I don't want to just have a story of God's blessing. I want to have a kingdom story. I love, here's my verse I was getting excited about before I got to it. 1 Corinthians 9.22 of the Message Bible. This is Paul. He says, I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempt to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all of this because of the message. I didn't want to just talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. I love that. I love that. Paul's not content just to watch others. He's not content just to watch somebody else use their gifts, watch somebody else serve, watch somebody else have conversations, watch somebody else make a difference, watch somebody. He's saying, I want my own story. But it's a sad truth that you can be in church for decades and still not have a kingdom story. You were watching when you should have been working. You were commenting when you should have been contributing. And you were offended and became a church critic instead of a contributor. You can spend your life sitting in the blue chair section. Hockey's on right now. You all know what the blue chair section is all about. Throwing out your criticisms of others who are down on the floor, working hard to make a difference, and probably carrying responsibility that was meant for you. You can get cynical about what didn't happen for you, and it'll keep you from what could happen through you for others. Make the decision, and this is my challenge, be a difference maker so that you will have a story to tell. You can raise your family to be good people, but you can also raise them to be difference makers. You know what, you you can go to work and you can make a living, but you can go to work and you can also make a difference. You know, you you can be a friend to people in your world, but you can also be a representative of Jesus to them. You, You know, you can have your personal relationship with Jesus, but you can also help others on their journey to the same relationship. You can have a prosperous life, but you can also be generous in supporting the ministry of the gospel. And you can live a blessed life, but you can also do your, ble- do your best with the blessing God has put on your life and make a difference in the lives of others. Let's stand. We're going to take communion in just a moment. An opportunity to remember and reflect on the incredible sacrifice uh, that was made for our salvation and the incredible debt that we have of God's love shown towards us. It's the story 
of Jesus that we're reminded of when we take communion. We're reminded of the story of Jesus that God so loved the world, he sent his son who would die on a cross, pay for the sins of the world after living a perfect life, be buried, be rose, rose from the grave to offer us a brand new start and forgiveness in our life and eternal life. And his story is a major part of my story. It should be a major part of your story. We should have a story about our salvation as I talked about earlier and how Jesus has impacted us. And, and maybe you're watching online, maybe you're here in this room and, and you identify more with just simply having a church story or a, I grew up in a Christian family story, but you may not have yet had the only story that God really is looking for and that is this, your personal decision story to say yes to Jesus in your life. And I wanna pray with you. I wanna give you an opportunity to embrace that, to say yes to that, to receive salvation, to receive Jesus, to have your personal decision story right now, right where you are, so that this can literally be the first communion you take after receiving Jesus. And so if that's you, if that rings true to you, that I need my own personal decision story, then I wanna invite you to pray along with me and those who are watching, here online. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came and you gave your life to pay for my past, to reconcile me back to the Father. I ask you to forgive my past. I invite you into my heart. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. And I make the decision that I will follow you with all of my heart from this day forward, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.